What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to our Starter Sit episode on Friday the 15th. Bucks 28, Eagles 22. Antonio Brown played 49% of the snaps, and he had nearly as many receiving yards as Jalen Hurts had passing yards. And yet Jalen Hurts scored five more fantasy points than Tom Brady. We will get to that, a, a full recap of the game, rest of season thoughts, plus a lot of injury news. This could be a week of uh, of replacements, especially at running back. I'm Adam Azer. I got Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg here. Uh, kind of a dud last night, right? Uh. It started off good. It did. It started off great. It did. Fournette was uh, was the king, and, and Antonio Brown very good as well. But all right, we got to, we got some catch it up to do in terms of fantasy points. Guys, I want to come back to that a little bit. I think we should start, though, with the replacement running backs for this week because now with Damian Williams on the reserve COVID list, and he's not going to play this game against the Green Bay Packers. That thrusts Khalil Herbert into the spotlight here. So, Dave, I'll let you go first. Is Khalil Herbert, when you look, am I missing any replacement running backs? You got Khalil Herbert, you got Daryl Williams at Washington, you got Chuba Hubbard most likely against Minnesota, you got Devontae Booker against the Rams. Am I missing anyone? We're good. I don't... think so i mean as we get as we roll through it maybe there might be one or two other players but i think you got everybody just the backups playing you mean yeah yeah these now starters um no i think that's the i think that's the list all right we got the big four khalil herbert daryl williams chuba hubbert Devontae booker how do you rank them dave well uh, there there might be one more if if jacobs doesn't play and another one in seattle if chris carson that's right Uh, yeah that's probably i guess collins would should let's put collins on there because carson hasn't practiced yet either so, in other words, one-fifth of the NFL's teams have backup running backs. Yeah, that's right exactly. Awesome. How do you rank them? And it's only week six. Damian Williams, or not Damian, Daryl Williams is at the top for me. Uh, I just really like the opportunity. I like the vote of confidence from Andy Reid this week. I love the workload that he got last week after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got hurt, and I like the reps that he was getting when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was healthy. I think he's a lock for 15 touches. I think he's going to work near the goal line. I think he's got a good chance to get you 15 fantasy points in the PPR. Okay, you know, give me one through five. So it's Daryl Williams one. You got Herbert, Hubbard, Booker, Collins. Hubbard will probably be next up. I don't have him ranked right now. Uh, We're waiting. I'm waiting for McCaffrey to get ruled out. I'm sure we're all waiting for that. And if he plays, he's got a shot to do what he did last week. So he would be second for me. 
Devontae Booker would be third. Right behind him is Khalil Herbert. They're basically the same guy where they're getting a lot of opportunities, a lot of touches. Uh, easier matchup for Herbert, but the inexperience has to weigh on you a little bit. And the things that we've seen him do, uh, he ran pretty nicely against Las Vegas. He had good pass protection against Las Vegas. He caught the ball in the preseason. He had five catches this preseason. Four came from Justin Fields. These are things that might encourage you to start him, and maybe you're just in a pinch and you, you have to run to your waiver wire to start him. But I'm not sure if he's able to translate it, especially in a game like this against Green Bay where the Bears might be trailing quite a bit. So he would be next up, and then uh, Collins. Collins would yeah. be... I think Collins would end up being behind both those guys. I think he'd be last. Okay. All right, so you go Daryl Williams, Chuba Hubbard, uh, Herbert Booker, or Booker Herbert, basically tied, and then Collins. And by the way, obviously, if Alexander Madison is starting, he's number one with a bullet. He'd be way ahead of the pack. Jamie, how about you? How do you see these backup running backs? Uh, I'm torn between Hubbard and, and Williams. Uh, just because at least I've seen what Hubbard's done in the featured role. And last week was was impressive. Uh, he might have the easier matchup, you know, just looking at how Washington's defended the run versus how Minnesota has. Uh, but they're they're neck and neck. And then I agree with Dave. I'd take Herbert over Booker, uh, but they're back-to-back also. And then Collins a distant fifth. Yeah, Hubbard, Is that more about the devil you know and the devil you don't, Herbert and Booker? Um, I just think the Giants are going to be in trouble across the board. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, not that the Bears aren't, but at least, you know, with the Packers, they're beat up defensively, you know, mostly in their secondary, but they're still beat up. And the Bears are going to force the run. You know, I, I think the Giants, you know, where Booker can win in the passing game, sure, but the Giants, when they get behind, you know, they're going to be throwing all day. The Bears are going to think they're going to keep this game relatively close early, and so Herbert will have a chance to, to run the ball. I mean, we haven't seen the Packers pull away from anybody, you know, so, um, or at least consistently, you know, so I, I think you'll see this game a little bit closer in the first half. Well, that's interesting. Well, if Daniel Jones plays and he's trending in the right direction, who keeps the game closer? And that and that is important, right, for Booker and Herbert here. Um, but they both could be involved in the passing game. Uh, who keeps the game closer? The Giants at home against the Rams or the Bears? This game is at home, I think the Giants, at home against Green Bay. The, the, the Bears keep it closer. Okay. I would lean that way as well. But, I mean, couldn't you see both games being one-sided pretty quickly? Couldn't you see the Rams just going into MetLife Stadium and just stopping the Giants? Couldn't you see the Packers teaching Justin Fields a lesson in his first matchup in in this? Yeah, but they just don't have the guys. I mean, you know, no, no Alexander, no Zadarius Smith. Like their 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 defense just so beat up. So in theory, yes, they should be able to teach Justin Fields a lesson. But you know, I I think what you've seen from the Bears is they're not. I don't think they're going to get blown out early at home. I can see the Giants getting blown early home. There's one other factor, and it's Matt Nagy. And I just I, I can't say for sure that Herbert's going to play in passing down situations. He he didn't do a lot of that last week. He didn't have a target last week. Um, yeah, but what I, yes, I, I, uh, maybe. So they only had two catches. I mean, they weren't they they, 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 they threw seventeen. They threw twenty the times, yeah. and they like clung to it. So. I just I, I I have trust issues with that coaching staff in general. So that on top of the fact that this is a rookie running back making his very first start, it just I I'm leaning toward Booker. I don't feel good about it, but it's the yeah. I'd probably I go Booker PPR Herbert non PPR. Would you start Zach Moss over these guys? Easy. Yes. Over Daryl Williams? No. Oh, I thought you meant the last two. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I'll, I should. I would start Moss over Williams. I'm a little kooky for Zach Moss these days. 
Okay. Uh, all right. Well, listen, uh, <laughs> running back is interesting. Chris and I were going through it on the Monday show. About half the league has a different starting running back this week than they did in week one. It's it's like 14 to 16 teams, something like that. It's right around half the league. That tells you something. It's, uh, it's like a closer. It's like a relief pitcher in fantasy baseball. Okay. Uh, we've got our HQ show. Usually it's 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Sunday mornings with the London game. It's 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. this Sunday, just like it was last Sunday. So tune into CBS Sports HQ. You can watch it on your app. You can watch it. Uh, well, I, I watch on Roku. Or am I smart TV? But if you get the CBS Sports app, you can watch CBS Sports HQ uh, wherever, whenever. And Shakira watches it. If you want an edge setting your DFS lineups, check out the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. They've got all the DFS insights so you can dominate. It is Frank Stample, Mike McClure, Sia Najad, cash lineups, GPP analysis. Tuesdays and Thursdays, the episodes drop. They go into pricing. They go into matchups. It's really good fantasy football talk, and it's great DFS advice. Me, I've got Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Terry McLaurin, and I think Daryl Williams. I want that. I want in on that game. And you can find out our DFS lineups on Fantasy Football Today, noon Eastern on HQ today. So we'll see you there. Okay, here we go. Tampa Bay 28 and Philadelphia 22. The Bucks had the ball for almost 40 minutes. They basically doubled up Philadelphia in time of possession. And the Bucs lost another cornerback. Richard Sherman left in the first quarter with a hamstring injury. Uh, Jamie, major takeaways from this game. Uh, I would just like to make a request for Dave that whenever he has a prop against a backup tight end, if he could let me know ahead of time, because I'll make that guy the star of the week. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dave, we'll you do. had the prop of his under receiving yards. And he he oh, did that almost on one play. OJ Howard <laughs> it was? He did. On his second his long, play, he did. His it longest reception. It was longest reception, not yeah. just overall under, but like he caught the touchdown. OJ Howard caught his touchdown. I was like, oh, great. That's his catch of the game. That's right. it. Nothing else is going to happen to him. And then his, his very next catch, it went for exactly 11 yards. And I was like, that's it. Bet's over. Lost again. Brutal. So is it is it next week? Is it going to be uh, Austin Hooper? The yes. Thursday night tight end? <laughs> well, it, it could be him. It could be Njoku. It could be Harrison Bryant. You're just going to have to stay tuned. Um, I'm, I'm going to hold off on the start of the week. Because uh, <laughs> Uzama last week, it's just funny how that's worked out. Um, yeah. I think you know the. I hope I hope that uh, Nick Sirianni got the message from watching what Miles Sanders did and the crowd reaction when he finally got a carry that there's some market correction coming next week against the Raiders because you can run on the Raiders. He looked good when he touched the ball, and this offense needs something to change because. I mean, you saw the way the Bucs were playing. They didn't care about the run. I mean, not that they really care about the run anyway, but uh, they were just trying to keep Jalen Hurts in front of them and not let the receivers get behind them. It happened a couple of times, and Jalen Hurts held the ball on a couple of those throws. It turned out to be some pass interference calls. But uh, they just got to change something. This, does, this doesn't look like it's working. Yeah, they that might be a little bit sense. too pass-heavy, right? Uh, yeah. They've got Las Vegas next week. They've got Detroit after that. They've got the Chargers after that. So these are not bad matchups at all for oh, Miles Sanders. Great. I, I think that it could end up working out in his favor if if the coaches actually do this. Meanwhile, we have a legitimate number one running back for the Bucks. It doesn't seem like this is changing. Leonard Fournette is the guy, and like I, we were talking about it on the Thursday on the Thursday uh, stream at two p.m. We do the Thursday stream. He's the passing downs guy. Geo is the two minute drill guy, but. He's got 
three or more catches in every game, and he had six last night. He had 28 touches, and he scored twice. Fournette was started in 84% of leagues. This is, is this a sell high, or is this a legit starting running back in fantasy now? It's legit. I say, yeah, I say he's legit. Okay. I mean, look, he's not explosive. You see what he does? I mean, he's, he's just running into the line of scrimmage, and when there's a hole, he's, he's, if he finds the hole, he's getting through the hole. But the total yardage is what you're looking at here. You know, I mean, he's just so involved in every aspect of the game. And now you're seeing the touchdowns come three in two weeks. You know, last week was his first one, twice last night. And so I wonder how much, you know, I, I know Brady threw the ball 42 times, but he didn't he didn't have his best game. At least I know he was efficient early in the game. He was I think he started 10 of 11, if I'm not mistaken. Are you gonna bring up the um, thumb here? He just it didn't look right for Did him. Did you hear what Aikman said? No. So toward the end of the first half, he had the last drive of the first half or the second to last. He had uh, two misses, missed Evans, missed Brown. Brown was pretty open. Uh, and Aikman said that he saw Brady kind of bang his thumb up a little bit, like hit it, you know, made contact with something throughout the course of the first half. And he said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's bothering him. Aaron Andrews during halftime asked Bruce Arians about it. And Bruce Arians said, no, he just made bad throws. He's not, it's not bothering him at all. But Aikman, but I mean, you can't just take his word for that, right? So Aikman saw what you saw, and he felt like it was a possibility because he was on fire at the start of the game. And then late in the second quarter, Brady just didn't seem right. And then even a long, a good throw to, or a, a good play late in the game, kind of seal it with Antonio Brown. He was behind Antonio Brown on it. Brown made a great catch. So I agree. I mean, I think it's possible that short week that the thumb played a role here because it seemed like he got dinged a little bit at some point in that game in the right, first but he half. still threw 42 times though, you know, so you would have expected some, some better numbers and give, give the Eagles credit. Cause they could have folded after being down 21 seven. Yeah. And so they were able to hang around, you know, I think their defense, uh, was, was a big part of it. And they were, you know, keeping everything in front of them too. Uh, Darius Slade did a great job on Mike Evans, you know, so you've seen now a couple of times this season where there's a corner taking Mike Evans out of the game and Brady not going to him as a result, because there's so many other guys here, you know, t- this last night was, was OJ Howard helping out Antonio Brown. Uh, the Chris Godwin usage was weird. I mean, he was doing a lot of blocking um, on, on some of the crackbacks with uh, Fournette going through the hole. So are we worried um, here about Godwin? Because, I mean, this is five bit. disappointing games in a row. A little bit, but I think there'll be some market correction coming. Uh, so, I thought the market correction was going to come in this game. Well, give me, give me your rankings. The give me your rankings of the three T- Tampa Bay wide receivers now. Rest of season, this will probably change oh, week okay. by week, but how would you rank them right now? Brown, Evans, Godwin. I mean, it feels like that's what you have to do. This is now three times in six games that Evans has been shadowed. He was shadowed by Diggs. He was shadowed by J.C. Jackson and by Darius Slay. So it is interesting that when opponents shadow a receiver, it's him. Uh, And then you got Lattimore in a couple weeks. He always does well against Evans. You got Trayvon Diggs at some point. Um, So that's interesting. He already had Diggs. I mean, uh, sorry, you have uh, Tredavious White uh, later in the year. Mm-hmm. Okay, and on the other side of the ball, Jalen Hurts. Let's just call him a better fantasy quarterback than real-life quarterback. He's still learning. And Devontae Smith, three games with 31 or fewer yards, three games with 71 or more yards. I can't call him a must-start. He was only started in 55% of leagues, and I thought he was going to have a great game. Very disappointing. How do you guys feel about Devontae Smith? And we'll wrap with that. Well, I'll ask I- about Hurts, too. Go ahead. I do think part of it has to do with the fact that they only had the ball for 20 minutes and that if they were able to convert more third downs, they would have been able to throw a little bit more. And I think more targets would have gone Devonte Smith's way, but that was part of it. And then just Jalen hurts, not being 
you know, pinpoint accurate with his throws all the time, that definitely plays a role. And I thought he was, I, I thought the two were kind of over that over the last week for sure. Um, if not the last two weeks, I think that they kind of corrected it and they were playing a little bit better, but it, it just didn't turn out that way. And then there just wasn't enough volume for, for Devontae Smith or really anybody in this passing offense. We're going to be happy with what Zach Ertz gave us. And the six targets were a team high, but I, I just feel like there, there should have been more for everybody in this game. There's also this rumor, uh, Jay Glazer said, not a rumor, that he wouldn't be surprised if either Ertz or Goddard were traded this week. So uh, don't drop Zach Ertz. He's 74% rostered. And don't drop Dallas Goddard, who's on the reserve COVID list right now. News and notes, DK Metcalf mispracticed with a foot injury. That was uh, not good. So we'll check on that. Friday practice reports are huge, and we'll keep you updated, and we'll let you know. We'll do the mailbag show. We'll have the updated practice reports. But Chris Carson mispracticed. Russell Wilson was limited in practice, and they have not put him on IR yet, which is a minimum three-game absence. So it is possible that he has a shorter absence than we anticipated. Well, their bye week is week nine, so it would be three weeks till then. Okay, so, yeah. All right, so maybe he can come back in week 10. Maybe. Yeah. I, I would be surprised if he's not on IR. I mean, he was he was just out there. I saw their office coordinator saying uh, uh, they asked him, "Would you would you let him throw left-handed?" And he said he probably throws left-handed better than than most guys throw right-handed, so or something to that effect. Um, yeah, he's he's not playing. You know who didn't like that comment? Lefties. Geno Smith. You know? <laughs> uh, Alan Robinson missed practice, and Darnell Mooney, I think, missed practice or was limited. He was limited. Robinson missed. There's a lot of guys that mispracticed on Thursday, which is not a good sign. Yeah, I know. I mean, and, we're, and huge names. Justin Jefferson, Nick Chubb, McCaffrey, who we, we have some questions about. Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams, DeAndre Hopkins. He has an illness. Lamar Jackson, illness. But, you know, between Robinson, Jefferson. Oh, Kareem Hunt, Adam Thielen. You left out a couple, too. Kareem Hunt, Adam Thielen, yeah. So Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So, I don't know. Should we be making contingency plans or wait another day? I think like you saw last night when we found out the Damian Williams, you're going to see a lot of people running to their waiver wire and trying to pick up a player. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope we're going to get these guys back. Uh, but the midweek downgrades are always the ones that are concerning. So Metcalf going from limited to, to DNP. Uh, McCaffrey going from limited to DNP. Um, Jamal Williams going from limited to DNP. You know, those are the ones that you got to be a little concerned about. The ones that did not practice Wednesday and Thursday, I'm sure a lot of it's maintenance. Like the Browns guys, I'm sure it's maintenance. Justin Jefferson says he's going to play. So I would imagine the, the Vikings receivers are out there. But again, something to keep an eye on. But yeah, if, if, if you want to get ahead of it, go pick up KJ Osborne now, just in case one of the two guys are out. Go pick up, uh, I guess it would be Felton if you're looking for the third Browns running back if you're trying to get ahead of it. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think you're going to look at anybody else in Detroit but, or, or Seattle for that matter. You know, I don't think anybody's going to trust Freddie Swain with Geno Smith as the quarterback if, uh, if DK Metcalf's out. Right. So how about Julio Jones and A.J. Brown practicing in full? So they look like they're good to go. This game against Buffalo on Monday, does Julio Jones' presence help or hurt A.J. Brown, Dave? I think it helps him. I, I think it's going to force the Bills' defense to not focus all in on A.J. Brown, which they might have done if Julio Jones didn't play in the game. They have to respect him out there. And so they play a lot of zone coverage straight up anyway. Um, I would imagine that that'll be part of their doctrine uh, for for Sunday's game or Monday's game against Buffalo or okay. against Tennessee. So then, since we already previewed yeah. that game yesterday, let me let me refresh it here. Would you start AJ Brown or Robert Woods? Woods. I believe I have Woods higher. Would you start AJ Brown or 
Emmanuel Sanders in that game? Brown. AJB. How about AJ Brown or Brandon Cooks? Cooks going up against the Colts. Cooks? I think I like Cooks better in PPR. Non PPR, I could see myself taking AJ Brown. Yeah, I'm not I'm not changing my opinion on Brown much because Julio's playing. Okay. And then Julio Jones. Is he gonna t- crack your top thirty? Uh, he's just outside there. He's uh I think thirty four in PPR and like thirty six and nine. All righty. Damian Harris was limited in practice as he faces the Cowboys. London game, we got Miles Jack, starting linebacker for the Jaguars, leading tackler. He's out this week. Uh, and Devontae Parker is looking like he's going to play. He's traveling with the team. Dallas left tackle Tyron Smith is having a precautionary MRI on his back. This guy has missed time, I want to say, five straight years or something. Uh, I don't even feel like looking that up. But it's been several years in a row. Tyron Smith cannot stay healthy, unfortunately. Jared Goff says he wants to get Amonra St. Brown more involved. And you may not need him right now, but my goodness, we have Binado next week. We've got the Bills, Cowboys, Jaguars, Chargers, Vikings, and Steelers. So any warm body you should get, especially one who's getting targets. So if Amonra St. Brown is available and you have buy problems next week, pick him up. Eight uh, targets I'm, in each of his last two games. 13 catches. There you go. Washington off- offensive coordinator Scott Turner said that Antonio Gibson is not limited because of his shin. That's good. And the three Giants wide receivers, other than Kenny Galladay, they were all limited, so they're all trending in the right direction. So is Daniel Jones. Joe Mixon mispracticed, but it may have been a maintenance day. And Josh Jacobs mispracticed, but that was with an illness. So hopefully he's okay, can get ready for Sunday. Beat the waiver wire. This is an important beat the waiver wire week, fellas. Yeah, you just made it clear. Yeah. All those teams on by. So if you have Josh Allen or Dak Prescott, or Justin Herbert, or Kirk Cousins, or Lawrence or Roethlisberger. You need a quarterback. I like how your voice changed. Or Lawrence or Roethlisberger. Yeah. <laughs> you need a quarterback. Those guys were kind of okay this week, by the way. What's that? Both of them? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like both those guys. Yeah, I just don't know how many people in a one QB league have just those guys. So, but but anyway, we've got you know plenty of options. We got Tua against the Falcons. Matt Ryan, if he's available, against the Dolphins. Daniel Jones against Carolina. Carolina's got a good defense. Sam Darnold, if he's dropped, he's at the Giants. They don't have a good defense. Ryan Tannehill, if he's dropped, he's 86% rostered. He's against the Chiefs. Taylor Heineke's at Green Bay. I don't think you're going to trust Justin Fields, but he has Tampa Bay. See if anyone dropped Derek Carr. I've seen him dropped in a couple of leagues. He's against Philadelphia. Carson Wentz is at San Francisco. I don't know. Is there a name that really jumps out? I I feel like Matt Ryan might be the... Most uh-huh. realistic one to get that we also would like. I, I I think that he would be the one that I would chase if just for one week. I lost Russell Wilson in a 14-team league, and I raced to the waiver wire as soon as the injury happened last Thursday. And uh, I got Carson Wentz. I, I literally looked at who everybody was playing in week number six. Carson Wentz is playing Houston. Okay, that's good enough for me. But I like the next two games for Carson Wentz at the very least, and I like his last two games and what he was able to do. So Ryan would probably be my first choice. Wentz would probably be up there as maybe my second choice among the quarterbacks that could actually be available in your league. We're excluding Tannehill and Darnold and guys that are 80% plus rostered. Yeah. Okay. Uh, New England's DST is 76% rostered. You're not starting them against the Cowboys this week, but if they're available, they have the Jets next week. So get the Patriots DST. Um, you know, some wide receivers. Well, first of all, if you're in shallow leagues, I know this is silly for most of you, but if you're in shallow leagues, Michael Thomas is 91% rostered. He should be 100%. And Jerry Judy, the last I checked, he was about 80% rostered. 
So you can look for Jerry Judy. Um, Amonra St. Brown, I mentioned. Rashad Bateman, maybe. Jamie, anyone else that's out there that you might want to stash? Um, take all the names. And I shouldn't do that. Oh, here are all the obvious names. Hey, Jamie, anyone? <laughs> you know, my mind went to which running backs are starting right now and playing hurt. And so, like, the, the first name that I thought of was Antonio Gibson because he's got this stress fracture in his shin. So is it worth carrying Jarrett Patterson just to see what happens there? Maybe. Um, but we've already seen it now. You, you mentioned what you talked about with Chris Adam, that half the league has a different starting running back now than week one. Um, I, I might do a thorough check of every starting running back and what their health is based on the injury reports and based on what we know about them. And anybody that's not 100%, that backup should be on a bench. I'd go pick up Derek McKinnon just in case, you know, if, if Daryl Williams struggles. Um, I would pick up uh, Jerry McNichols if you have an open roster spot, just in case something ever happens to Derek Henry. Um, trying to think any other. You know, McNichols has been catching the ball a little bit too. Uh, we had a big game when everybody was hurt against the Jets two yep. weeks ago. Yep. Uh, I would uh, I would see if people are dropping Sonny Michelle. You know, he's a good stash candidate just in case something happens to Daryl Henderson and we know he has an injury track record. Yeah, if any, if there's any backup running back that you think could get work if there's an injury, for example, Daryl Williams was available in one of my leagues last week. I picked him up just because I felt like I had a roster spot to spare, and there you go. You know, you just you never know. Uh, all right, it's time for the startometer. The last three games we're going to get to. We have six games to get to today. The last three are going to be Joe Burrow at Detroit, or going to be Cincinnati at Detroit. Joe Burrow is bringing the rest of his friends to Detroit. Uh, Minnesota at Carolina and Washington and Kansas City. Kansas City is at Washington. So let's do start meter zero to ten. How confident or how how start start confident or start meter <laughs> Joe Burrow at Detroit zero to ten. Uh, seven. Seven's good. Okay. Yeah. So we were looking this up by the way. They are uh, Chris helped me out with this. They are dead last in pace. I was wondering how mm-hmm. on earth. They had two overtime games, and they ran the fewest plays in the NFL. They are the Bengals are the slowest team, and that means from the end of the play to the next snap, they are the slowest team in football. They're slower than Green Bay? They are slower than Green Bay. They are the slowest team in football. It's crazy. Uh, Joe Burrow is a 7. Joe Mixon, a 15? Okay. Yeah, you're probably starting him. <laughs> T. Higgins? 7. You I'd say six. I, I wouldn't be thrilled to start T. Higgins. He's looking more and more to me like a touchdown or bust fantasy receiver. And that is all because of pace, you know, and, and their run heavy nature. He's their red he's a red zone target for them. All of his career touchdowns have come twenty yards or closer. And he's just I don't know how explosive he is. He can make a big play if a defender, you know, misses a tackle, if there's a bust in the secondary, but I, I really don't see him as an explosive playmaker type. We know who that is on Cincinnati. Yeah, so Higgins is a six or a seven. How about Tyler Boyd? Five. He's like a three in non-PPR. And sure, five in PPR. I will say, I know we're going to get to this game later, but I am worried about maybe 26 to 28 pass attempts for Burrow. I think we yep. all would have to be, right? Sure. But he is having a great year given the attempts. He's thrown multiple touchdowns in every game or four or five games. So. Uh, all right, DeAndre Swift on the other side of the ball, 0-10. to 10. 10. 10. Swift or Mixon? Swift and PPR. Jamal Williams. 4. Uh, 2. 
All the replacement running backs over him. Yes. yes. Amon St. Brown against the Bengals. I'll Six call PPR, him. Three and nine. Yeah, sure. Hawkinson. You're starting him. Seven. Uh, five. Okay. Uh, Cousins. Well, you would start, hold on. You would start Knox and Schultz ahead of him. Uh, I would start Noah Fant ahead of him. Who else are you starting ahead of him? Uh, I started Ertz ahead of him, and I would start uh, Hunter Henry ahead of him. Okay. Knowing what you it's know close. now. That's the state of Lions tight ends right now. You think Hawkinson will have a better or worse game than Zach Ertz? I mean, I think he'll have more catches than he, or I don't know, more catches, a lot more yards, but I don't know if he'll score. Right. Four catches, 29 yards, and a touchdown. So that's 13 fantasy points in PPR. He's, he's playing yeah. hurt, and teams are taking him away, and the Bengals have been good against tight ends, you know, so it's. Yeah, I'm not, I don't want to start him really, but yeah, I right. have to. And this is a byproduct of St. Brown getting so much work is that Hawkinson's being taken away and not being thrown at as much. Well, it's also that Cephas is out and Raymond is Raymond. Yeah. yeah that's nobody, true. nobody loves him. Uh, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Go to Carolina. Kirk Cousins. Five. Yeah. Uh, Thielen, if he plays. Eight. Eight uh, PPR. Seven and non-PPR, six and PPR. Sam Darnold against Minnesota. Uh, four. If Cousins uh, is a same four. as Darnold. Uh, same as Cousins, five. Who do you like better? Cousins. Cousins. Chuba Hubbard. I mean, 10 if McCaffrey's up. Yeah. Okay, uh, Robbie Anderson. Negative 12. <laughs> Daryl Williams. We go to this last game here. Daryl Williams of Washington. He's an eight. Okay. Taylor Heineke. Uh, eight. Six and a half. Antonio Gibson. I'd start Heineke over both Cousins and Darnold. I would too. How about Antonio Gibson? Ten. Um, yeah, he's, a, he's an eight. J.D. McKissick. Uh, five in PPR, zero and none. That works. Ricky Seals-Jones. Five. Uh, four. Okay. All right, let's get to the slate. I started with Arizona at Cleveland. I think it's a it's you know it's a very interesting game. I don't know how fantasy difficult it is, but we'll we'll start with this game. It's the best game on this NFC home game slate. So, uh, and it's not even an NFC home game. So, but it involves an NFC team, and I had to balance the two shows out a little bit. So, there you go. <laughs> Let's start with the NFC home game slate with the team that's not playing a home game in the <laughs> NFC. <laughs> yeah. So, but it does have an NFC. But there are too many AFC home games this week. Uh, you somehow Azer statted how we're previewing the games. <laughs> well, I do you that every, saved, every you week. You should have saved the London game for NFC. No, I. Uh, no, because it didn't have an NFC home game. I know. Well, home team. Oh, to have an NFC team in it. You but you could have just said it's not. It's not playing in an AFC home stadium. Uh, but that's basically the Jaguars' home stadium, so or home country anyway. Okay, stat of the game number one: Cleveland has the most rush attempts in the NFL, and Arizona allows the second most yards per carry in the NFL. Stat of the game number two: Kyler Murray's only two games with more than twenty-five fantasy points are against Tennessee and Minnesota. He's a little lower than you might expect. Seventh for Jamie, fifth for Dave, eleventh for Heath. Obviously, still a start, uh, but yeah, I'm not going to get too much into Kyler Murray. You're you're starting Kyler Murray, uh, but yeah, he is as low as eleventh for Heath. So we'll get to uh, yeah. I mean, I don't have to tell you to start Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Let's stay, let's go to the Arizona running backs then. 
Jamie Connor and Edmonds. What do you think? It's the same thing every week for me. Uh, Edmonds is a start in PPR. He's a flex at best in non-PPR. Connor's a sit in PPR or flex at best, I guess, in, in, in PPR. He's a flex in uh, non-PPR. If he doesn't score, you're screwed. If he scores, you'll be fine. <laughs> that's a great way to say it. And that's really affecting Kyler Rude. Murray's fantasy points too. Uh, okay, so replacement running backs or Chase Edmonds, Dave? Would you start Darrell Williams, Chuba Hubbard, Devontae Booker, Khalil Herbert, or Chase Edmonds? I would definitely start. I think I'm at the point in PPR where I would gladly start uh, everybody except for Darrell Williams uh, behind Chase Edmonds. So uh, Darrell Williams, Chase Edmonds, Chuba Hubbard, et cetera. Okay. And last week was just a bad week for him. He was still getting 13-plus touches before last week. I don't think it's necessarily they're they're getting away from Chase Edmonds or they don't like Chase Edmonds. I think that they know that they need to maybe work around that run defense of Cleveland a little bit. And uh, Edmonds could be a factor in the passing game just as much as he had been in the past. So I'd go back to him as a number two running back in PPR. The thing that you should hope for, obviously, is what Austin Eckler did last week in the passing game. Um, but I think to your point, Dave, about his bad week, I don't know how much the shoulder injury is impacting him because he barely practiced last week and you saw more activity for Rondell Moore. I don't know if that was just by design or because of necessity. Uh, mm -hmm. So I just keep an eye on the shoulder situation for him. I, I hope he's 100%. You know, I just wonder if they're not, if they're trying to be cautious with him a little bit. Okay, that's Chase Edmonds. And last week, Austin Eckler had five catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown against Cleveland. Go to the Arizona wide receivers. Are you starting anyone other than DeAndre Hopkins and, and this Cleveland defense is weird is you know at one point sometimes they look oh my gosh see how well they did against the against Minnesota and then they were just embarrassed by the Chargers and number one receivers have destroyed them basically um, so anyway uh, Hopkins I'm assuming is a must start anyone else Jamie I mean this is the the ultimate guessing game of who's the second best receiver is going to be for the, the Cardinals on a weekly basis uh, Kirk's been quiet for a while so maybe he's due uh, again, I'll go back to Rondell Moore last week. I like that they were being creative to get him the ball, but you know he's he's risky to trust. Green had been the safest one in the three previous games, but he disappeared last week. So we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I had an answer. Maybe AJ Green going back to Ohio. If you want to bank on something. Oh, there you go. <laughs> bye week, bye week replacements. All these guys. I think you'll probably feel the least confident in Kirk, just because he hasn't done it lately. Um, but I think if Moore didn't have such a nice game last week, you'd start Kirk over Moore in general and Green probably ahead of both, just as maybe the safest floor play. You're just I would kind start of uh, Amon Ross St. Brown over all these guys in PPO. It feels like that's the better way to go, yeah. Yeah, not Hopkins, but the other three. Yeah. Not starting Baker Mayfield. He has four touchdown passes in five games. Best game, though, was last week. It was 26 fantasy points. Yeah, he had a really good game. First game with more than 19 fantasy points. And um, Arizona, you know, Arizona's defense is interesting, too. They've been really good, but they've faced uh, Tannehill, who, you know, 15 points for him. I, that, no, that was legitimately good. He had both of his receivers, so that was a good job. Cousins scored 30. Stafford scored 23. The other two games were Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. Uh, so don't know what to make of that. And by the way, I, uh, whenever I say how much, how many fantasy points a player scores, a quarterback, I'm always using six point per passing touchdown, just so y'all know. Hey, which Cleveland running back do you like better? Still Chubb. Uh, still Chubb. He has three straight games with more than 20 carries. That's wonderful. Kareem Hunt has five or more catches in two of his last three games. He is absolutely on fire. 
you know, they're just, they're like on steroids right now. They're just running so much. You knew they were a run-heavy team, but these two guys are getting even more work than we could have imagined. And like I said, Cardinals awful against the run. And Kareem Hunt has a touchdown in four or five games. So, like, he's gotten to the point where you're starting him, no questions asked. Both these guys are number one fantasy running backs. So, I'm sure Chubb is, but Hunt ahead of Daryl Williams? Yes. Yes. Okay. Will you start any Cleveland wide receivers? No. Uh, Not, no. I'm thin at receiver this week. And This has actually been an impressive part of Arizona's defense. They've given up some touchdowns, but... They've faced Julio, Brown, Jefferson, Thielen, Cup, Woods, Debo, and the Jacksonville guys. And only two wide receivers have more than 65 yards, and they're K.J. Osborne and Van Jefferson. So it doesn't look like a good matchup for the Cleveland wide receivers. Any interest in David Njoku, who had seven targets last week, and Austin Hooper had none. And you, you need to see it again before I probably you think it's a trend, but... Any interest in Njoku? I'd pick him up if you have a roster spot and tight end issue just to see. But start him, I think you're probably risking it. He had three for 76 in week one. And I think he had five targets combined in the next three games. You know, so they go away from him. It's unfortunate that they do because you see what he's capable of doing. But this has kind of been the story of his career. Yeah, he's had back-to-back games with touchdowns twice in his career. He hasn't done it since 2018. He's had 60 yards in back-to-back games once in his career. That was the at the end of 2018. He's just been very, very inconsistent. It would make sense for them to use him more after doing what he did last week. Yeah, get him out there. Baker Mayfield needs targets not named Odell Beckham that he can connect with and you know play play well with because there's obviously some sort of like Vulcan mind block that's keeping him from working perfectly with Odell Beckham. So it would make sense if they kept using him, but when have the Browns consistently done that with Najoku? With anyone. They do it with their running backs pretty well. Well, yeah, but in the passing game, they, you know, they don't throw if it. You look in, if you're stuck in deeper leagues, it was a decent game last week. It just kind of went unnoticed for Donovan Peoples-Jones and for Richard Higgins. That's and so true. if Landry's out again, you know, if you are expecting this game to you know get sideways and, and both these teams are doing what happened to the Browns last week with the Cardinals doing what the Chargers did, then those guys will have an opportunity, but you got to be really desperate to trust them fully. Let's sit the DSTs and let's go to the Rams and the Giants. Matthew Stafford, you know, I don't know how everybody out there is viewing his fantasy season so far. He's been like a lot of other quarterbacks. He's had these big games, but then a lot of like, uh, kind of like Brady last night, just kind of meh games. He's had three of those and two huge games, but stat of the game, Matthew Stafford, career-high completion rate, career-high yards per attempt, career-high touchdown percentage. The rates are probably going to come down as we play more games, but it's he might just be like a sleeping giant because he's been really good. So um, so he is, uh, you know, would you rather start Stafford or Prescott this week? I know he's in your top 10, but how high? Pre- Prescott or Stafford? Uh, I'll take Stafford. I think last week was a little unlucky for him because it was a season high in yardage. And if he gets another touchdown on top of it, he has another big game. So uh, I like both, but I'll, I'll, I'll take Stafford's ceiling, I think, here because you never know what the volume for Dak Prescott. 
I know that the volume is an issue for Dak Prescott, but David Smills just threw for over 300 yards against his Patriots defense. There's something with them that's not the same as last year. And even if he doesn't throw a ton, we've seen him get three-plus touchdowns on a number of occasions. So I like Dak better. Okay. Stafford is a start, though. Basically, to sum it up, the Giants have a bad defense. They have the one of the worst pass rushes, and as long as, uh, as, long as they're not jet-lagged, <laughs> the Rams should do just fine. Okay, how much do you trust Daryl Henderson with the increase in role for Sony Michelle, who had 11 carries last week and a touchdown at Seattle. Dave, how much do you trust Henderson against the Giants? I trust him a lot. I would absolutely start him. He's a running back who's currently healthy with 15-plus touch potential who's shown us that he can be successful in fantasy. The end. Okay, so Henderson or Darrell Williams? Henderson. <sighs> Henderson or Kadarius Tony. PPR. I think I'll probably lean toward Henderson there. Okay. Jamie, how Henderson about you? Easy. Henderson, Henderson easy. easy there. Okay. Giants run defense stinks. 4.82 yards per carry to running back. Seventh most fantasy points. And they do allow the fourth most receiving yards to running backs. Some of that is Cordero Patterson. Uh, Rams receivers cup as a start. Robert Woods, start or sit? Uh, you know what? Better question. Who's the second best wide receiver in this game behind Cooper Cup? Robert Woods by a mile. What do you mean? Come on, Kadarius Tony, Gators. Yeah, I mean, look, Tony. Tony's going to be good, but Woods is Woods. They're not going away from him after what they did last week. Hey, they went away from Deshaun Jackson after they gave him his uh, squeaky wheel. Yes, there. after his three target game, they went away from him. Yeah, five target game, <laughs> three catches. Yes, I like them both as number two receivers. I think Tony's got more upside. Oh, you're going Tony? I think he's got more ups, upside to get more targets, more catches, more yards, more explosive plays. Than Robert Woods. Woods is safer because we don't know if Tony can really keep this up, and especially if Sterling Shepard's back and if Darius Slayton's back, it could mean a little bit of a target drain. He's not going to get 30% of the target share like he did last week, but I still think he's got a chance to make more plays than Woods does. He definitely has a chance, but I will take my chances more so with the Matthew Stafford receiver as opposed to potentially the Mike Lennon receiver. I, that's a big tie. That's a big issue here. I, you know, I'm going to be much more confident in Tony if, if Daniel Jones plays. For sure. I hope he does. Uh, obviously, we all hope he does. Tyler Higby is 10th and 11th for you guys, depending on format. Heath is lower on him. Heath has him 15th and non, 17th and full PPR. And he is uh, touchdown or bust, but this is the team to be touchdown or bust again against. Right. Um, this this might be one of the few teams that truly stinks against tight ends. So another hopefully another, another week where Higby can find the end zone. Um, let's see, Higby or uh, Seals Jones? Higby. Higby still, but it's close. Dan Arnold? I've got Higby, uh, Higby. One spot ahead of Arnold, and Arnold one spot ahead of RSJ. Okay. Any interest in Daniel Jones if he plays? No. I prefer to limit him to two quarterback league only. I'd rather start Wentz. I'd rather start Bridgewater. I'd rather start Roethlisberger. I just want to say, I, I don't know that the Rams are the worst matchup anymore. You know, first of all, Darius Williams is on IR, starting cornerback. Yeah, it's true. And Aaron Donald's a little banged up. they're not shadowing Jalen Ramsey or anything like that. They're not that. shadowing, and they haven't, really, they haven't been that defense. You know, you have you guys all have their DST ranked number one right now. Uh, well, this, that's what the assumption of Glenn is playing. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that's the, right now as of this week, you have them number, number one. They're borderline top 12 for the season. 
So I just don't I don't know that that we've uh, come around on the idea that the Rams are not a dominant defense. They're still good. I'm don't get me wrong that they're not a dominant defense anymore. They might be, but I, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, and the Giants obviously are such a juggernaut offensively, right? Okay, not starting Daniel Jones. Uh, Devontae Booker, we have discussed. As of last check, 57% rostered. For starting running back, it's kind of low. He's probably higher than that by now. I'll double check. 57% rostered for Booker? That must have been on no. when that must have been on Wednesday when I did this. Yeah, yeah no, he's much higher than that. Okay, because I, you know what? A lot of leagues, I think, do run their waivers uh, Wednesday night. He's 84% now. He, as of Wednesday, he was only 57%. So that gives you an idea of how many leagues are running their waiver wires the following day. Uh, you, guys, way to do it. you guys have talked about it. <laughs> it's not bad. You've talked about it. Uh, I don't know. Anything else you want to say about Booker? We, we hit him on the top of the show. I got to hope that he scores. I don't think the total yards is going to be great. They can't run the ball, but... Do you think he gets basically every running back touch? Yes. He'll get I think he gets most of them. Yeah. Okay. How much are they running it in this game? Yeah. I, you seem to you you seem to suggest that there's a chance that the Giants could be competitive. I think there I, I do if Daniel Jones plays, I think there is. Yeah. I do. All right. Well then he's definitely got a shot at north of fifteen touches. I mean, it could be fifteen carries and three catches. Okay. Giants wide receivers. So, Tony Shepard, Slayton's going to be last, but you like Tony better than Shepard? Yes, I do. All right, give me the scenario, the expectations for Tony with and without Daniel Jones. Jamie, with? With the Saints game. Six for 75, that range. Okay. Without? Jave? I th- we saw it last week where Glennon was firing at him deep and Tony was making plays to get the ball. So to me, there's not that much of a difference. I would probably like, I probably have Tony ranked a little too high right now, but if I'm taking him over Robert Woods with Glennon under center, then I would definitely take him with Daniel Jones under center. Where do you have him ranked? He's a top 20 wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, he did that last week without anybody else on the field with him. You know, now he's getting the, the two guys back and Shepard's going to be a problem for him. He's going sure. to be a problem for Shepard. No, he's definitely a problem for Shepard. This isn't he, Shepard's better than him. No, he's going to be better than Shepard. But there, there is now a legitimate threat on the other. Last week, Galladay left the game early, and there was nobody else there. If you're looking at it, there's Kadarius Tony, and there's Colin Johnson. <laughs> I mean, where are you going with the ball? You're going to go with, try and get Kadarius Tony going. Now there's legitimate threats on the field. Yeah, and a better defense. And there's also a book on him. Oh, come on. It's a, it's a great book. It's the best book I've ever it's read. It's a great book. It's a bestseller. But there's <laughs> now I hope you know. there's another good chapter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, I, th- I think, let me, let me just uh, finish off on Tony since he's one of the most added players. So how would you compare Tony to the backup, the replacement running backs, the Daryl Williams, Chuba Hubbards? Uh, both those guys over Tony in non-PPR easily. And in PPR, <laughs> I probably would still start them over Tony. I wouldn't. I would take Tony. But Jamie, you would go with Booker. You would go with Tony over the Booker. Yes. Yes. Tony over Booker. Tony Herbert? over Herbert. I go Herbert over Tony and non PPR. All right. All right, then. That's Kadarius Tony. Sterling Shepard is what? Like a number three guy for you? Uh yeah, we haven't ranked him yet, but yes. I want to check roster percentages on Shepard because again, Shepard four straight games with 
like 90 or more yards going back to last year. He's 62% rostered. And again, next week you might need a wide receiver. And if Galladay, I feel like Galladay is going to be out next week. I don't know that for sure. They said one week. Uh, they they didn't say. Con- I'm with you, but they, I'm just telling you what they're. Yeah, okay, on. fine. Uh, Shepard is a guy you could think about for next week. And that will do it for that. Evan Ingram, sit, right? Yes. Yeah. Rams DST, would you look to replace them if Jones plays? No. We will take a break. We got four games left. Green Bay at Chicago. We'll tell you about the red zone in this game and why it might matter. We'll be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Packers and Bears, here is your stat of the game. Last year, the Packers scored a touchdown 80% of their red zone trips. That is historically great. One of the best numbers ever, I, in, or in the last like 20 years. Uh, this year, they are 27th in the NFL. They have scored a touchdown on 55% of their red zone trips. Meanwhile, the Bears, is their defense good? Hard to know. They've been pretty good statistically, but they have been great in the red zone. Uh, they have the third best red zone defense in terms of uh, in terms of touchdown percentage, not field goals or anything. How many times do teams score a touchdown when they get in the red zone? So something to keep an eye on there. Dave, when you look at Green Bay at Chicago, are there any surprises here? Any guys that you like? Because this is a fairly obvious game, I think. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Khalil Herbert. But are there any guys that you like that maybe people don't? Any guys that you don't like that maybe people do like? Any surprises here, or is it a straightforward game? I, I think it's mostly straightforward. I think the only player in this game that you might get questions about is A.J. Dillon, just because he's had 12 touches each of the last two weeks. He had four catches last week, and he's definitely fun to watch. I just feel like he's more of a, a low-end flex at this point. I don't necessarily see Aaron Jones as a top-five type of fantasy running back, but I could see him easily having a good game and finding the end zone. You're going to start him. Uh, I, I just, Dylan needs a couple of big runs and or a touchdown in order to come through. Is he, is he worth starting this week as a bye week guy? Yeah. As a desperation flex. Sure. As a number two running back. Otherwise, no, I'd rather you just keep him on the bench. How about Aaron Rodgers? People always ask about Aaron Rodgers. They often have Aaron Rodgers and someone else Rodgers or Stafford this week. I'd go with Stafford over Rodgers. This, the, the bears defense has been pretty good. A lot of it does have to do. Um, no, I take it back. I've got Rodgers out of Stafford in my rankings. I just double-checked. They're back-to-back, but they're both top 10. Um, I'll take the chance on Rodgers against Chicago. Um, d- definitely the type of track record that you look for there. But the Bears' defense, you mentioned it. They've been great in the red zone. I like to think a lot of that had to do with who they've played. They've played Las Vegas. They've played Cleveland. They've played uh, uh, Detroit. They've played Cincinnati. 
I think that game against Cincinnati is a good example of what they're capable of doing to an opposing offense. But in week one, they took on a great quarterback in Stafford at the Rams, and they got punished pretty badly there. They gave up 34 points. And 30 to Stafford. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I like Rodgers to have a, a nice game this week. Uh, is is there another who's the second who's the second best wide receiver in this game? Jamie? For overall or yeah. in Green Bay? Yeah, first Dave, then Jamie. Yeah. Overall. Overall in the game, uh, I think Mooney is probably ranked behind Devontae Adams for me. I just like the way that he's being utilized in the offense. I think he's better for Justin Fields. I've been talking about this for weeks now. His average route depth is higher than uh, Allen Robinson's. He gets targeted downfield more often. Uh, he's just somebody that's absolutely better suited to make more explosive plays from fields. So I, I look at Robinson. I think Robinson could get five catches in this game. I think Chicago's going to trail. So there's going to be an opportunity to get a lot of targets for both receivers. But I think I think Mooney does a little bit more than Robinson. I didn't realize Jamie had had left briefly. Welcome back. Thank you. I have my, uh, my seven-year-old's at home, so he's making a little too much noise. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, uh, so Jamie, we have talked a lot about this game already, but how do you feel about, what are your expectations for Khalil Herbert? I think he's going to get north of 15 total touches because that's what the Bears do. So you saw last week in a game where they were playing with a lead, but both running backs had a significant workload. They're not going to try and say, hey, Justin Fields, go out and throw the ball all over the place. They're going to try and slow the game down, grind it out. And so Herbert's, I think, in a good spot. So I could see him having another 75 total yard game. I don't think he's going to be much better than that chance to score. So he's a number two running back. You know, he should be added across the board. And, you know, the Packers defense is just a little bit beaten up right now. So we'll see how they uh, they perform. Their run defense right now I think is safer than their pass defense, which is good for this game. But, uh, you know, I, unless, you know, Rodgers comes out, which is certainly possible, and puts up, you know, a big number early, then Herbert's going to be negated. But if the Bears can keep this game close, then he's going to have an opportunity to get you know the touches that he needs. Okay, it is now 12 straight games dating back to last year. The Packers have not given up a carry longer than 20 yards to a running back. They have a you know they have they don't have an amazing run defense, but they do not give up big plays. So you need to get worrying. This is the problem that I talked about last week for P Ryan when I thought it was going to be P Ryan. What happens is the Packers they kill the clock, they score points. They force you to throw. Most teams don't run the ball that much. The Bengals did. It surprised me. They ran 21 times with their running backs. But most teams don't get past 15 or 16. So, you but know. this team will. This team will? The, the Bears? I don't know that they will because last they've won they've won their last two games. I don't think they're going to win this game. I, they I don't think they're going to win the game either. They can't but throw this is 20 still, times in this game. This is, this is how they're going to operate, though. They're going to try. But the Packers don't really let you, you know. I mean, that's going to be the chess match here. But it's the same thing with the Bengals. Yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised. But at the same time, what I say about the, about uh, Joe Burrow, going into last week, you know, forget about week one. Week one for the Packers, they got blown out by the Saints. Winston threw 20 times, threw five touchdowns. Every other quarterback had thrown 36 or more or 38 or more passes against uh, Green Bay. Burrow threw 38, but 36 of them were actually in regulation. So you are seeing teams that they have to throw. They throw 36 or more times against Green Bay every week except for week one, which was just that weird blowout win. So I, that's going to be the, the hard part for the Bears. They want to run the ball. Can they do it? You seem to think that they can keep it close enough where they can, you know. I think their defense will hang tough enough to allow them to stay in this game. I just, the, the offensive line for Green Bay worries me a little bit just with their pass protection. You know, we've seen some breakdowns with the new guys there. 
And it's it's probably showing up in the red zone performances as well. Any and the reason Bears lead the league in sacks? Oh wow, did not know that. Any reason to uh, consider Allen Robinson in this game? I mean, the reason would be is that Jair Alexander and Kevin King may not play. You know, so if if there is a hope for Robinson, like you said, Adam, if they have to throw, and maybe they let just Fields play free, which is what we're waiting to see. You know, let him be who he is. Let him run. Let him you know get out of the pocket. Let him make some throws down the field. And hopefully it benefits Robinson to some extent, but you can't trust him. You know, you got to be in a really tough situation to be trusting yeah. Alan Robinson right now. Okay. Let's go to our next game. Packers DST is top 12. Four solid games in a row. And yeah, they're top 12. Cincinnati is at Detroit. Bengals DST or Packers DST? Let me start with that. Hot Bengals. topic. Bengals for Dave? Yeah, the Bengals is what I think it is. The Lions have allowed at least eight fantasy points to every DST they've faced, including 12-plus each of the last two weeks. All right. Stat of the game. Four running backs have had 17 or more carries against the Lions. All of them had either 100 yards or a touchdown. And Mixon has been at 16 or more carries in all four of his healthy games. So if he's healthy, he's probably going to get there, and that is a very good thing for Joe Mixon. Meanwhile... Burrow, okay, I know you guys have Rodgers and Stafford very close. Burrow's right in that mix too, right? So of those three, who's your favorite? Stafford, Burrow, Rodgers? Rodgers. Stafford, Rodgers, Burrow. Okay. And Burrow or Heineke? Burrow. Uh, Burrow, but it's close. So Burrow... I I have it four in a row. Rodgers, Stafford, Burrow, Heineke. Burrow has thrown multiple touchdowns in every game. He has scored 22 to 25 fantasy points in four of five games. I Like I said earlier, though, if there is a concern here, and how concerned are you when it comes to Burrow and nobody sitting chase, Burrow and Higgins in particular, that they just run the ball so much, don't have to throw even 30 times, that they go all Cleveland Browns on us, and you know you get a letdown of the passing game. You might. I don't know how much auto bowling you're going to hear from Burrow since you can't talk. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm, I'm sure they want to, you know, get their win and go home. That's kind of been their MO, it feels like. So we'll see. I, 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 I hope that the Lions put up a little bit more of a fight, you know, offensively. You know, we've seen their defense hang tough for Dan Campbell, but I want to see their offense show up a little bit more. I mean, they're just, they're so undermanned. I think, by the way, that this is the best red zone team. Uh, Hold on, I'll check. Holy cow! You know the Packers have given up a touchdown on every red zone position. On every, they've only allowed five. No, what is this? What am I seeing? You're looking at the red zone efficiency numbers, right? Yes. So it shows what percentage of red zone trips the team has against them that have resulted in a touchdown. Yeah. And the Packers have allowed a touchdown to every time a team has had a red zone possession against the Packers, it's ended in a touchdown. Yeah. But well, you're what saying you're not it's only five. Is that they've only had five on the season. Well, I'm pretty I sure that's at? right. I see thirteen. Is it thirteen? I'll double check. Yeah, double check because that is really interesting. Anyway, I think the the Bengals are the best red zone offense in the NFL. But who cares? Whatever. Um, okay, so Higgins, Higgins or Tony? Tony, Tony. Higgins or Shepard? Higgins. Higgins I or, think I'll take Sterling Shepard oh, and PP. Okay, Higgins or Julio Jones? Higgins. I'll probably go with Higgins there. T. Higgins or Khalil Herbert? 
Uh, Herbert. Herbert. Alex Collins or Chris Carson or T. Higgins? Ugh. <laughs> uh, Higgins and PPR. I'll take I'll take Higgins and PPR too. Actually, I'll take I'll take Higgins over Collins if he's by himself. If Carson plays, I'll take Carson just on the hope that he's healthy. Okay. How about Tyler Boyd? Is he in the top in full PPR? Is he even a top forty receiver this week? In PPR, no. he's close. Okay. On the other side of the ball, DeAndre Swift is a must start. And would you start Amonra St. Brown or T. Higgins? Uh, Higgins. Cool. TJ Hawkinson, which tight ends would you start over him other than, you know, is Kelsey, Waller, Andrews, who else over Hawkinson? Schultz, Knox, Henry. Uh, You said Ertz. You You already started over him. And Ertz, yes, I'm sorry. Okay, so Schultz, Knox, Hunter Henry for Jamie, and in non-PPR, Tyler Higby. How about you, Dave? Uh, I'm sorry, I was looking up the red zone efficiency numbers. You're asking me about tight ends to start this week with Hawkinson? Mm-hmm. I'm starting Schultz, Gesicki, and Knox ahead of Hawkinson. Oh, yeah, Gesicki also. Okay. And oh. Travis Kels. Travis Kels. Oh, that's right, that's By his name. Way, you're, you're right about the red zone numbers. Um, the Packers have allowed the fifth, fewest red zone drives with 13 on the season. Ah, but all three have resulted in touchdowns. All 13 have resulted in touchdowns, which is dead last. All 13, yeah, sorry. Bengals DST is 10th for Jamie. Way, the Fifth team for that's truly the worst there in as far as red zone efficiency and red zone drives allowed is Kansas City. They've allowed the 30, 30th most red zone drives with 22, and they're giving up a touchdown on over 77% of their red zone drives against. So that's a big plus for Gibson, for Heineke, and for everybody else in Washington. Let's go to Minnesota at Carolina. And by the way, I'm sorry, if you want me to jinx the Bengals DST, here it is. Heath is way too low on the Bengals DST. He has them 20th. Holy cow, Heath. What are you thinking? And now they're going to be He's been right every time you say this. Yeah, I know. I know. That's that's the the running joke. But we're going to stop that streak uh, this week. So, Carolina hosts Minnesota, and you guys have Cousins and Darnold basically back-to-back. I think you like Cousins one spot better. You're going to start the Minnesota running back. You're going to start the Carolina running back. You're going to start Justin Jefferson. Dave, why are you confident in Adam Thielen this week if he plays? Last week, Kirk Cousins completely ignored him until the end of the game, and then toward the end of the game, he picked up 40 yards on two catches on against soft zone coverage. I think he's going to see... A decent amount of soft zone. Carolina does play more man than most teams do. It's not that they're man dominant, but against man coverage, Adam Thielen's fine. He can still break away on his routes. And I think we'll see Kirk Cousins have to throw a little bit more than we've seen in a couple of other games, certainly more than he did against the Lions. And I would expect Thielen to bounce back this week. He's a great number three receiver, maybe even a borderline number two wide receiver, but I'm not running away from him just because he had one game without seven plus targets. But he's had so many games, two-thirds of his games in the last 28 games. I get it. Or 27 games. I think it's 18 of the last 27. He has fewer than than 60 yards, and that doesn't even count games that he was injured in, just games he's had a full snap share. So he's tough to trust. He'll score. If he doesn't score, you're screwed. This is a good Carolina defense. I mean, Dallas humiliates everyone. But I think we, I think we could say, I mean, look, they face the Jets, Saints, Texans, and Eagles. So maybe they're not that good. I don't know, but... I think they're pretty good. I would say the game against Philadelphia last week could make the argument that Carolina's pass defense is good. Right. 
but this is a test. This is a test, if you ask me. Okay, and Co- Tyler Conklin is, you know, he's outside the top fifteen. Yeah, I'd rather go with Njoku and Ingram and Seals Jones. Not it'll be great if one of the other guys is out though. Oh, I was wrong about Sam yeah. Darnold, by the way. Dave does not have him even close to Kirk Cousins. You do not like Darnold. No. Scared to death. Getting a little the offensive line is, is starting to fall apart in Carolina. Darnold played terribly last week because of it. Vikings are top three, I believe, in both sacks on the season with 17 and uh, quarterback pressures. That's interesting. They really suck against the pass, though. <laughs> but that is interesting that they're getting... And he makes mistakes when he's under pressure. That's what's scary about Darnold. He's got five run. interceptions. Start running again. Start running again, yeah. And that was the other thing. You know, he's got these five rushing touchdowns, and you say, oh, that's not sustainable. But you say, oh, well, maybe they could have been throwing touchdowns. Only one of them came after a pass play that got them down to the one-yard line. You know, So it wasn't like, oh, he got robbed of a passing touchdown. There was a two five-yard runs, an eleven-yard run, and two one-yard runs, and one of the one-yard runs was on, was just after. Were the they pass designed play. runs, Adam? Do we know that? A couple of them definitely were. They were they were option or read option and option play where he kept the ball. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, all right. Chuba. So Chuba Hubbard would be basically a must start. He had twenty-four carries and five catches last week, and the Vikings give up four point seven six yards per carry to running backs. My notes, I did all the, you know, here's what the running backs have done, and I just highlighted they're bad against running backs. So that is how I'd sum it up. DJ Moore bounced back this week? Yeah. Yeah, he's not getting shadowed by uh, Darius Slay. Yeah, so we're gonna have I to think, start I think about volume that. will be there for him. Chance in another 100-yard game with seven-plus catches, something like that. Darius Slay might be a guy that we start sitting receivers against. Expecting a little more, yeah. Let's see who they got next week. The Raiders. Uh oh. Uh oh. Sit rugs. <laughs> uh, what else? That's it, right? Tommy Tremble, sit. Which DST do you like better, Carolina or Minnesota? Carolina. I think I have Minnesota's higher. All right. Nope. I've got Carolina's higher. Kansas City is at Washington. Last game here. I, don't know if I can justify that. Would you start? Would Mahomes be an easy start if Tyreek Hill does not play? Uh, yes. Yeah. You want to know what he did last time? He didn't have Tyreek Hill. A billion yards. Well, he had a six-game stretch without Hill in in 2019. If you include Week One, Hill got injured almost right away in Week One. In those six games, he threw for 300 yards every 315 or more yards in every game. However, he that was did, when he hurt his ankle too, right? Uh, that was just before he hurt his ankle. He did have two games where he. I'm sorry. This I said six. There were five. Three hundred. Well, no, he hurt his ankle, but then he hurt his knee. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So the he, right, he hurt his knee against Denver. Uh, so 350 and more yards in all five games. He had three huge fantasy games. He had two games with fewer than 20 points because he didn't get the touchdowns. And then late in the season. Hill left with an injury pretty early against the Chargers, and Mahomes had a kind of a crummy game. He had scored just 16 points. So if you look at just fantasy, it was three brilliant games, more than 30 points, three bad games, fewer than 20 points. If you do not get Tyreek Hill, would you start Miko Hardman? Yes. Yes. Would he would he be better than, say, Kadarius Tony? No. But he'd be better than he'd be close to the top thirty. 
Damien or Daryl Williams, we have spoken about quite a bit. Start him. And McLaurin is an easy start. Love McLaurin. We, we love McLaurin this week, right? McLaurin's an easy start. Gibson's an easy start. Ricky Seals Jones is a tight end streamer if you're stuck. I mean, obviously, you're starting Gibson because he scored in three straight games and he's good. But if there's anything that concerns me here, it's like, what if they just have to throw, throw, throw? What if they fall behind? He's still not involved in the passing game almost at all. It's two catches a game. Right. And it's a total possibility. Yeah, he, there are three or five games he has 14 or fewer carries, so I can't make a case to sit him. But I am going probably not going to play him in DFS because I see a, a downside. I agree. I agree. And I think he's closer to a top 15 fantasy running back than he is a top 12. So who's the best running back in this game? Gibson. It's Gibson, but it's not by a lot. And then McKissick, you know, this team, the Chiefs, they give up a ton of receiving yards, sixth most uh, receiving, fifth most receiving yards to running backs. And I don't know. It just, there's no rhyme or reason with him, <laughs> with McKissick. Well, I mean, if you feel that the game is going to get sideways for the Washington football team, which it clearly could, then McKissick's a, a good flex play in PPR. Yeah, but they got blown out by the Bills, and he had two catches for 15 yards. You know, different defense though. Oh yeah, big time. And you got Curtis Samuel banged up. And Ricky, it's a, it's a good spot to, to 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 buy into McKissick if you if you want to or you need to. Yeah, he he's I I'm, I don't know what they said on the DFS podcast, but I imagine he's kind of a sneaky, absolutely sneaky play. His price is very affordable on DraftKings. He's in my DraftKings lineup. Okay. And that's it. Ricky Seals-Jones is actually top 15. He had nine targets last week against the Saints. The Chiefs allow the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends. They faced some good ones, though. Yeah. But, yeah, they the Chiefs have allowed 57 or more yards to five tight ends in five games. That's Najoku, Andrews, both Eagles, and Dawson Knox. I want to see the Chiefs. The Chiefs are two and three. I want to see them step up, you know? I feel like a big game's coming here. It's a good stretch for them coming up. That's it for the show, guys. Yay. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good luck. We will uh, see you. We got a mailbag show that airs Saturday in the podcast feed, Friday on YouTube. And we've got the uh, HQ at 9 a.m. on Sunday and the live stream at 11.30 a.m. right here on YouTube. So enjoy your weekend, everybody. And for Dave and Jamie, I'm Adam. Good luck. In yeah, you got six. it right. We'll talk. Yeah, but I called you Jave. I called you guys Jave earlier because I didn't know who to go to. So that happened. All right, we're out of here. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.